Welcome to the Home Service Business Coach Podcast with your host, David Mowerman. You will learn to grow your home service business and transition from being the technician in your business to being the CEO and leading your team to success. Get a front row seat where you will get practical advice from industry experts on how you can level up your home service business. Get ready to take some notes because we're going to jump right into it here. All right, all right, it's Dave Mormon here, Home Service Business Coach. I'm coming at you with another episode here. I don't know if you know this or not, but I actually love to make um, these episodes when I'm feeling most creative and most inspired. So this was kind of one of those moments I was just going through my day. I was actually just playing uh, with my little doggo we just got uh, outside with little Charlie and uh, it kind of popped into my head. I'm like, I'm going to make a short piece of content around this. So I part of like the, the beauty of being self-employed is you can kind of do like what you want when you want, but you still got to make sure like stuff gets done and we stay on this podcast schedule. So today I was like, you know what? I got to jump up in the coaching studio for 20 minutes, half hour type of thing. I got to record this episode, get my thoughts out to you um, just because I want to see you continue to win uh, within your business. So quickly before I dive into my content, you guys know the drill. Uh, we got two show sponsors. One is Nice Job. Uh, nice Jobs help put our five-star reviews on uh, more autopilot. I'm cautious when I say autopilot because a lot of people are like, oh, systematize your business, put it on autopilot. I don't think anything in life is necessarily autopilot, but it's almost like auto assist, right? It's a huge help to you uh, creating this review generating process and making it more automated. It's not like you can leave it for five years and it's fine. It's gonna require a little bit of maintenance and you gotta make sure you're obviously doing good work. But if you're doing great work, I say nice job is basically like the megaphone to broadcast to your audience, hey, this is how awesome we are, this is how great we're doing. And the second one is Jobber. Um, huge fan of Jobber, we've been with them now going on three years, feels like not that long, but it uh, time just flies by. So Jobber is, our organizational hub of our business. Uh, we literally run everything through that. And that is a great tool that allows me to be traveling, to be literally anywhere in the world. I can check in on our dashboard and see how we're doing. Uh, and this time of year, we're just coming through our crazy, crazy busy Christmas light season. And man, is that jobber just dinging away with notifications from leads coming in to jobs being booked to deposits getting paid. It just like it's one of my favorite apps to go on because it's just like, let's see what the pulse of the business is right now, right here, right now. So if you want to check out either of those softwares, guys, hit it up in the podcast show notes. You can go and check it out. Okay, so let's segue in here. So what I wanted to talk about is share a little bit more of my um, personal story. And also you're going to see how this resonates with you uh, throughout this episode. And I just wanted to camp on the fact of like, the parallel between uh, high-level athletics and then running your own business. Because if I look back at my story, and I try always like, I'm usually thinking in the future, but sometimes my mind wanders to the past of just like, how am I actually wired? What steps have I done in the past that have made me the person that I am today? And I actually look back at it and it's like, man, athletics was literally grooming in me this 
uh, a whole bunch of traits, to be honest, that are now manifesting themselves inside uh, both my cleaning business and also in my coaching business. And so, you know, I think you'll find yourself in a few of these examples that I give you in this episode, and you're going to be able to point to that and be like, man, that is totally me as well. Perhaps that's why I'm having some success. And even when I look beyond myself too, and actually look at like, hey, what kind of people have we brought in to uh, the business and and what is their background like? A lot of these people, guys, have athletic backgrounds as well. So I'm just like, my goodness, maybe the goal of my business is just to find people who have had short stints in high-level athletics and boom, there's great people. And I'll just rattle off a few key traits that you want to be aware of because um, this is where, you know, the rubber is going to meet the road is, is in having a very, very clear knowledge of what kind of traits you're looking for in a person. Okay. So we all talk about there's a labor shortage. It's tough to get people. We understand that. Well, this episode is going to help you kind of switch your brain on and think, hey, maybe I'm looking for this like type of person. And perhaps you can actually weave this in to your interview process as well. So you can get some even better people on your team. Okay. So the first one to talk about, it's just this level of commitment. Okay. So when I look back at my sports career and, you know, it was largely dominated by being, uh, playing soccer. Like I wanted to play high level soccer and, and playing soccer was a huge goal for me, right? Like right through high school, I was like, you know what? I want to go to university. I want to get a soccer scholarship. That was just like very front of mind, even as early as like grade nine type of thing in, in high school. So what that really taught me, though, is is number one, life doesn't always go your way. I thought I would just keep playing soccer and playing soccer. But what ended up happening, I got to university, I played for one year, and then I ended up with two back to back pretty serious concussions that actually took me right out of soccer, like playing soccer altogether. But it's something in life, like a little lesson, sometimes like the greatest setback can also be like a set up for the greatest opportunity, right? And so it was actually that injury that pushed me out of sports and got my brain into other things such as business. And here we are today, you know, 10 years later, whatever it's been. So, but what that taught me was that while you play sports, you develop a lot of these character skills that I just want to highlight a few that, you know, as you think through this, maybe you've got kids going in sports or maybe you were in sports as well yourself, but it's not just like when you're playing a high level sport at the time, you think, oh, this is, we're just doing the thing, right? We're just playing football or we're just playing soccer. We need to win. It's like, now that I'm like removed from that years down the road, it's actually character development that you're learning the whole time. And it's like so much deeper than putting the ball in the back of the net or stopping your opponent from scoring a goal. It's actually teaching solid character qualities that I believe a lot of the workforce today actually lacks, um, to be honest with you. So the first one I wanted to highlight is just this high level of commitment, right? I remember I was on this summer 
soccer high level program for um, our professional soccer team here is the Vancouver Whitecaps in BC. And I was actually in their like accelerator program when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and, you know, that's kind of their development program. And they pick the best players from that to go and join um, their reserve team and then their main team. So I was never like among the best players in that academy. But I remember I was just so extremely committed right and i at the time was a, a stay-at-home center back right a central defender so largely i was responsible for two things one is heading the ball uh clearing out all the aerial crosses that come in and then the other was just uh, i i could actually kick the ball like pretty far and pretty straight which sounds kind of funny but um you know a lot of the uh a lot of the dead ball plays i could take uh and put some really good distance on the ball and then i'd also just love uh, you know, tackling guys and defending as well. So um, those are kind of like my forte, right? It wasn't like finesse or scoring goals or great passes. It was more on like a, a defense kind of mechanism. That was like my, uh, I, I'm kind of got uh, myself dreaming here of the glory days back in the day. So I'll cut it, cut it off there. But what I learned was commitment, right? You, we would drive like an hour and 20 minutes a few times a week through traffic, um, just to get to these practices, right? You had to be in Vancouver at like 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. And so we'd have to leave like super early. And looking back at it now is like a tremendous commitment on my parents' part. But that also showed me, like you don't think of this at the time when you're 14 or 15 or 16, but it's like, man, my parents would stop work early, come pick me up from school. I would change in the washroom. I'd get out of class 10 minutes early. We would drive. I'd get there to practice. I would train then come home. It's like 8.30 at night. It's like, it's just a full on commitment. And it was never like negotiable, right? Are we, it's, it was Tuesday, it was Thursday. It was never like, let's just see kind of how I'm feeling today. Or, you know what, I think it's going to be raining today. Maybe we should, it was like, it was never this negotiable decision. It was just like, literally we had, I had like two or three soccer games called off my whole career because uh, in Southern Ontario, where we lived, you'd get like these crazy uh, thunder and lightning storms, right? So it's always on the referee to call that off. And, and obviously, that's something you don't want to mess around with. You don't want a kid getting struck down by lightning, right? That would be uh, that that would definitely not be good. But, you know, we came to BC. And it's like, man, people are like, maybe a little bit more soft here, right? It's like, oh, it's raining. We don't want you know, our kid to go play in the rain where my parents were like, kid, and, and that was just wired in for me as a kid, right? The, didn't check the weather for like 15 years. Like, what does it, what does it matter if it's raining or sunny, right? It doesn't, doesn't change my decision. We have to go out there and train. So you learn this like grittiness of commitment um, and you take that into business, man, where today, like when I'm scaling up my company, it's like, I've got all these things to do. It's like, I don't wake up and say, do I feel like doing this interview or feel like doing this quote? Like, no, it's just, that's on the schedule. Let's plow through. Let's just get it done. So Tony Robbins talks about that. It's you make these non-negotiable decisions with yourself and we negotiate with ourselves too much as we live our life. We say, hmm, I wonder if I feel like going for a run today, right? I can tell you, like I've been on, hundreds of runs maybe thousands i i maybe five percent of the time i'm actually like really feeling like going for a run right it's just like no it's my day to run today it's in my calendar boom i'm putting on my shoes i'm getting out there so i really believe that that training of commitment came through from my sports background 
uh, and is just something that I've held near and dear to. Um, and I just don't negotiate with myself. It's just set in the schedule. I don't care what comes up. Like we're just getting this thing done. Um, and, you know, I think it was, uh, I forget who said it actually back in the day, I think Woody Allen, he said like 80% of success is just showing up. And it's just like, you know what, you just don't bail out on your commitments. Don't like literally it says in the Bible, like, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Like I very rarely answer like maybe, right. Even with my wife, when we're making plans, she's like, you know what, we can, we can think about that. Right. Let's, and I'm like, no, like, let's just make a decision right now. Like, are we in or are we not in? Right. If it's not a heck yes, then it's a no. And as you grow your business, you're going to get emails almost every second day. Hey, Dave, can we do a joint venture? Can we collaborate with this? I'd love to take you out for lunch, pick your brain, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? I'm going to just say no to that because I'm not going to I'm not going to make the time in my in my life. I'm not going to be able to commit to that. So there's there's finite choices you can make in life that you've got to commit to and be extremely laser focused on them. And business is one that I've chosen to do. Um, and that takes a lot of your bandwidth and it takes commitment. So I believe that I learned that back in sports. And if you find yourself today being like, yeah, that sounds like me. I'm a very committed person. I'm very tenacious. I have this level of grit. Um, you're going to need that as an entrepreneur. And I think that's a lot, a lot of the reason why people fizzle out is they don't have this. Um, they don't have this level of grittiness. And so they run into problems um, as they scale up their business and try to stay in it for a decade, right? All right. Character quality number two is going to be this element of teamwork. Okay. So I started my business. I thought, you know what? Um, this is my business. And now that I'm in it now a bunch of years, I'm like, you know what? This is actually the team's business. Um, they're the ones running it, right? I've got uh, a guy on my team right now. He literally just came by my house and said, Hey, the team decided we saw you got a dog. We're going to, we just got you a dog bandana, right? Our marketing guy just went ahead and ordered it. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. It's a little bandana. I'm holding it right now. It's got revive logos on it. And I'm like, I had no idea that was going on. That was just the team decision. Cool. We're just going to do this. We're going to make it happen. And so you transition into this role of like, okay, I'm now coaching my team at revive. Um, we've got a quarterback, we've got a wide receiver, we've got a linebacker, we've got a kicker, uh, you know, we've got a deep bench we can pull from. And so you transition in this role of team, of coach, and you think, hmm, I think this person would be really good at this, where when you start your business, you're kind of like a team of one. If anything's going to get done, you got to do it yourself. And you think of those like teams, right, in sports and those are the teams that don't really get very far, right? You bring in, you look at some of these NBA teams, they pay $30 million, $50 million to get these like big name people. They throw them together and like more often than not, it doesn't make a strong team. It just makes a big payroll and a lot of hype, but these people can't actually play together. So when you look at great, amazing teams over the last number of decades, they're not always like the best players. They're the best players in their set roles and they therefore play as a great team. So don't think in your small business that, oh man, I can't, I, I don't have the bankroll to go out and get, you know, these amazing people. You don't need to swing a big bat with salaries. Like, yeah, you need to pay people well, 
but you can also expect a lot of upside from the people you pay. And more importantly, it's I'm asking the question, like, is this person going to play nice with the other people and with the other kids in the sandbox, right? Like, are, are they a fit for the culture? And we always say it's the three C's we're looking for, right? We're looking for uh, we're looking for chemistry. Do they play nice with other people? We're looking for um, we're looking for culture. You know, do they fit our culture? And we're looking for competency. Do they like literally just have the skills? Right. We're looking for someone who is, um, say, a window cleaner. Well, do they have the skills? Can we train them the skills to clean a window? You know, scrubber and squeegee a window properly. Right. That comes into competency. So. Um, very, very important stuff to be thinking about is teamwork. Um, that's where I learned to play nice with other people, right? You're on a soccer team. You got 11 people on the pitch. I'm the central defender. Well, I've got 10 other teammates that I've got to work together. I'm not going to just grab the ball and try dribble through the whole team myself, right? No, we're going to work as a team. Everyone's going to have their role, right? My role as center defender, I told you what I did. It's going to be vastly different from a striker playing up front, right? A striker is going to be very quick. They're going to be making runs. They're going to be linking up to the midfield. They're going to be largely responsible for creating and finishing goal scoring opportunities. They're constantly flirting with the offside line, right? Looking for creative ways to get in behind that back line. They're looking to tire out the back line um, as well. And they're looking to exploit Usually defenders are a little bit slower on the team, especially center defense. I wasn't the, the quickest person. You'd be going against these really short, fast little strikers. I always say little because they were usually smaller guys. But if you got in a foot race, like you were kind of screwed, like they'd probably beat you and, and carve you up. So you're always kind of thinking, um, how can I just stay, you know, half a step ahead so that I don't get into a foot race. So teamwork, extremely important in business. Um, and extremely important in, in sports as well, um, both on like a collegiate level as well as um, a professional one. Um, so we got, uh, we're talking about commitment so far. We're talking about teamwork. The other one I want to harp on is this level of competition. Okay. So when we play sports, like I'll never play a sport if we're not keeping score. Right. And so there's this element of competition that breeds into you. And like, I'm a, a fairly, very competitive person. I would say like, I'm not the most competitive person I know, but I'd say generally more competitive than most. Right. I'm competing number one against myself every day. But I am curious as well, how do I stack up against the competition, right? I'd love to know our competitors, what their revenue is, what their net profit is, how much um, their charge rate per hour is, how many Google reviews they have. Like, I absolutely love that about business. Um, and you may be checking like your your reports, right, on job or checking how many Google reviews you have or, you know, how much revenue you yielded that day. Like if you're kind of into keeping score and numbers in the element of trying to be number one that gets at like the root of competition right and i think most people who get into business you have this like angst and this desire to be number one um you know jack welch back in the day with ge he literally took the company over and he said hey if we can't be number one or number two in each market we go in we're not going to touch it right and i think that's a great way to build your business is have this culture of excellence and say hey we're, this is competition here, right? This isn't like peacetime. Like this is war out here. Like business is literally a jungle. We need to be number one or number two, or we're going to burn up this, this category, right? And I see a lot of guys 
in the cleaning space, they just launch new services every year just because, right? Oh, we'll do interior window cleaning. We'll do Christmas lights. We'll do roof cleaning. It's like, that's fine to launch new services, but can you actually dominate in that category? Or are you just like filling it in and you're going to be kind of average? Okay. So you definitely like do not want to settle for being average as you scale your business. Uh, and you also want to know your numbers, like be a complete savage with knowing your numbers, your key performance indicators. Um, let me know if you need help with that. I've got a basic budget. I could always send you through email um, because I'm all just about helping people level up and know their numbers because you go and perform a quote today. I guarantee you that homeowner is going to get four bids and three of them are going to be from owners who don't know their numbers. And they're literally just presenting an underbid job. And the homeowner is comparing that underbid job with another underbid job with a third underbid job. And then they get yours and hopefully you know your numbers. And yours is probably going to be like twice as much. And then they think they're getting ripped off. So that's the problem in this competition right now is you're competing against um, like uninformed business owners. And so there's this element of education to your customer. You're running a legitimate business that's going to be around here for 10 years. It's, it's on you, literally on you to create so much perceived value that the customer is like just saying, look, I'm not even interested in these cheapo guys. Uh, I, I'd rather go with you. I'd rather give you the business. And that's how you start dominating in your local service area for whatever service that you perform around the home. So extremely important to know the score, right? Too many contractors are just going through their year, not knowing their numbers. They have no idea what their revenue is this month. Well, you should for sure know what your revenue is this month. How does that compare to last month? And how does that compare to a year ago, the same month, right? If we're in November, well, how's this November going compared to last November? We got to know those stats. We got to know what your profit margins are. Um, and, and we got to make sure we're running a healthy business, okay? No one plays sports at a high level without keeping score, right? Can you imagine you flick on the cable television, the Miami Heat are playing the LA Lakers and there's no scoreboard. They're just having a shoot around, right? That's what too many businesses are doing today. They're just having a little shoot around. No one's interested in that, right? There, there's It's way too nebulous, way too gray. We have no idea what's going on. We got to keep score and you got to be competitive. So I think if you have an athletic background, that level of uh, competition is just going to breed through um, with, with who you are, okay? Um, and then the last thing I'm going to talk about when it comes to sports is that a good coach, I had a few good coaches in soccer back in the day, they would always tell us, look, let's control what we can control. We can't necessarily control the harvest, but we can control the seeds that we plant or also said another way, we can control the inputs that we put in and that will dictate our outputs. Okay. So um, you I look at a famous coach back in the day with UCLA, um, the basketball program, you look at John Wooden, right? Read, if you want a book recommendation, man, get your hands on anything written by John Wooden or about him, one of like, he's called the coach of coaches, like just one of the most amazing coaches that you can study. And I've read a good number of his books, but what he did is he was always focusing on the inputs and what you can control. And he actually would plan out his practices to like the minute and, and there'd be no dead time, right? He was just a master of preparation and preparing. 
And I think that mentality segues so nicely into business as we look at this next year. There's so many contractors just going day by day, week by week. But it's like, man, if we can take a page out of John Wooden's book, be prepared and actually get our team trained and actually know that let's control what we can control, right? Which is our pricing book, which is our sales process, which is our value proposition, which is our offer, which is knowing our numbers, like all these things we can control, what we can't control. Here it goes, uh, changing government regulations, uh, policies with vaccines, Uh, We can't control what the competition's doing. We can't control the price of fuel. And so if you look at my day, I spend about six seconds worrying or thinking about things I can't control. I'll drive by the gas station and say, wow, gas has went up. But like, do I even care about that? No, I don't. Because what am I going to do? I can get negative about it. I can pray that it comes down. But it's just like, we can't control that. We have absolutely no bearing on that. And so it is what it is. If I think, is it going to stay high? Maybe it will. Maybe I should be upping my rates. We should, uh, you know, I'm curious to see our fuel bill this week and put that in our budget and see how we're still tracking. Like that's how my mind thinks. It doesn't think, man, this is so outrageous. I can't believe the government is doing this. Oh my goodness. Like I just don't get fired up about stuff that I can't control. And, And that's just how my brain goes. I have a finite amount in my brain of things I can think about. And, and, and I put all that brain power into things that are, you know, relatively in my control. Now, obviously, I don't think I can control everything by any means. But there's things in my business, I think you can push. Uh, and I also believe that there's a higher power, like I do believe uh, God runs our universe. And I believe that we are just running around in it. But I also heard a great quote, it says, work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on god so whether you have whether you're a spiritual person or believe in higher power you still need to put that hard work in and then i think that you need to pray for an outcome um, based on the work that you put in and you pair those two together and i think that you'll be rewarded so i like to tell everybody and i'll kind of wind down here is judge the success of the day not by the harvest, but judge it by the seeds that you plant. Okay. Judge the success of the day based on the seeds that you plant and not the harvest is probably a better way to put it. So keep that in mind as you scale up your business this next year. It's all about seed planting. And that comes right back to sports and being prepared and controlling what we can control. We'd always say, look, if we do the right thing, string our passes together, communicate on the field, hold our defense line really tight, create opportunities up front and scramble their back line, the score will take care of itself. Okay, so you have to know the score, you have to know your numbers, but let's use that as a push to say, what inputs can we actually change so that we can create a great outcome here um, on the field and in our business. So I could go on and on, but I promised you this next year, these podcasts are going to be shorter and punchier. So keep those in mind, guys, as you scale up your business, right? Whether you have a sports background or not, I'd be thinking, how can I get people on my team that played high level sports? Because they're going to have very likely have those traits that I talked about. And that is just a beautiful crossover from the world of athletics to the world of business. And I do think that you can take advantage of that as you continue to take your company up to the next level here. So I do this podcast completely for free. I don't ask anything from it. All I ask, encourage you to do, please share it out with a friend. 
uh, or if you haven't yet and you're listening on iTunes right now, please, please, please just leave me a review. It tells Apple Podcasts, hey, this guy's legit. We're getting some value here. This is all good stuff. So I wish you well working this next week as you scale up your business into this new season. And keep in mind when you see resumes come in or people come across your path with an athletic background, just literally think of this episode because there are some gems of hires that have athletic backgrounds that can be very, very uh, advantageous and career-minded within your company. Take care, guys, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.